All right, Hebrews chapter 12, let's just read verses 1 through 4. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. Say this, Wherefore, seeing we are also encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. So you know where he is now. For consider him, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Verse 4, ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Let's pray again. Father, again, we thank you for your mercy and grace. And Lord, we thank you for that love, uh, dear God, that is just beyond comprehension. And Lord, that grace where sin did abound or anything else uh, did abound that was against us. Grace did much more abound. And Lord, I'm glad that we can cast, uh, Lord, all our cares and everything going on in our life, everything we understand and don't understand. Lord, uh, but uh, uh, upon your love and grace, dear God, and uh, know, dear God, that you care for us. And Lord, uh, though we uh, may not always uh, understand the way you work, dear God, we understand that you work, uh, dear God, to our betterment and to your glory. And so, Lord, we praise you for that. Lord, again, uh, we uh, pray for those, again, that are sick among us, those that have need. Lord, thank you for watching over uh, uh, Priscilla and those that were traveling. And, uh, Lord, I pray, God, uh, for those that might be here or listening that are not yet saved. Uh, dear God, uh, work in their heart and help them, uh, dear God, to, to realize the absolute necessity, the absolute need of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Uh, whether it's the first time they've ever heard uh, the message today or they've heard it uh, over and over, dear God, it's not how many times you've heard it, it's how many times you believe it and just believe it at one time will change uh, uh, your, uh, the, the course of your eternity. And so, Lord, please <clears throat> work in hearts today. And, uh, Lord, I pray uh, people that just need a little extra something today, uh, give it to them through thy spirit, through thy word. Again, to thy glory we pray. And, again, we ask you to build your local church in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, we uh, uh, look at these uh, verses today. And, of course, verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus. And then verse 4 says, I mean, verse 3 says, for consider him. Let me ask you this morning, where are your eyes today? Amen. Where are your eyes? As you went through your week, amen, did you uh, uh, get your eyes on the world and get your eyes caught up on other things? Or maybe if you're lost, what are you looking to or trusting in today? Where are your eyes today? Then it says, consider him. Uh, let me ask you this. Where, not only where are your eyes, where is your heart and mind today? Where is your heart and mind today? I want to look at this thought of moment this morning for consider him, amen, considering Jesus. And that's what we're doing when we witness to people, when we soul win, what are we asking people to do? We're saying, hey, would you just uh, uh, give me a few moments and I'd ask you to consider Jesus Christ. Hey, maybe you've considered some other things in your life. Maybe you've tried some other things in your life. Well, I'd like you to seriously consider Jesus Christ. That's really what we're asking people to do. And, uh, 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 and you know, I don't know what, what else you, you look to, but please, would we ask you to earnestly and seriously consider Jesus Christ. And so uh, uh, to give a few points on that today, and maybe that uh, you can use in witnessing to people. When 
when you think uh, talking to people. Now, consider means to, to, to think on, uh, to think on him, uh, to think about him accurately, to think on him, about him uh, distinctly. And that's what we want people to do. We want people to get an accurate picture of Jesus Christ. And then consider that accurate picture. Consider the evidence that we're laying before them. We want to thank people to think on him distinctly and uh, purposely, right, on purpose. And that, that word also has the thought of again and again. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, and then now when this verse in context for us, that's what uh, uh, God wants us to do. Amen. We, he wants us to keep our eyes on Jesus and then just constantly uh, consider the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, no matter what comes into our life. We see that same thought here in Isaiah 26, 3, which says "Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. That will keep him in perfect peace. So maybe if you don't have the peace that you need, well, hey, uh, consider Christ. Get your mind on Christ. Get your eyes on Christ. Get your heart on Christ. Amen. Get your life in Christ. And see, uh, 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 think about him. So, you know, I don't see, because I don't see personally, I don't see how anyone who seriously considers Christ, who he is and what he's done, how they could consider anything else. <laughs> how could you consider anything else or put your trust in anything else if you seriously consider uh, Jesus Christ? If you consider him accurately and honestly and distinctly, Amen. How they would not have a desire to come to him or yield to him. And those who have come to him, right? Again, we need to keep our eyes on him and our mind and heart on him again and again, continuously, because uh, that, that's what will protect you. Right. When, when, when temptation comes your way and, and life comes your way and some opportunity from the world comes your way, the first thing you need to consider before you consider that opportunity before you consider that temptation, even before you consider the pleasure of sin, you know, the Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season, but even before you consider the pleasure in that sin, amen, you need to consider Jesus Christ. You need to consider your Savior. Isn't that what Joseph did when that temptation uh, came to him? Before it more than he considered the, the, any type of pleasure that might come from that temptation, he said, how could I sin against God? What protected him? Because when that moment of temptation came, he didn't consider uh, uh, that uh, uh, situation. He considered his God and he, got, he kept his eyes on his God and that protected him because in that moment, he considered his beloved God. He considered his beloved Lord. So not only do uh, lost people need to consider him, but we need to consider him. Amen. Because we know the devil's going to attack. We know life is going to attack. We know situations, circumstances are going to attack. And what's going to protect us, amen, is that we consider him, amen, and uh, who he is and all these things more than we consider anything uh, else in that situation. So first, again, uh, we want to consider his person. Of course, the fact uh, that he is uh, that he is God. And that's what we want people to realize when we say, sir, ma'am, would you take a moment to realize and consider the fact that when Jesus came, he wasn't just a, a, another man. Amen. He was God himself. He was Emmanuel. He was God in the flesh. He was God incarnate. Would you please take a moment to consider the fact that Jesus is God? God. 
and consider the fact, now we just uh, heard a good song about his love and his grace and those good things, but we want people to, uh, of course, to consider his holiness. And that's what we want people to come face to face with. Again, because a lot of times, you know, especially today, you know, you don't want to offend people. You don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And of course, you want to, you know, uh, be nice and gracious with people. But people need to come face to face with uh, 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 the, the holiness of God and that God is a God of, of judgment because a holy God has to judge sin. A holy God has to deal with sin. And of course, that's why Jesus came uh, as a, a, a holy God and as a holy lamb and as a holy man right? Uh, to pave that price uh, for sin that a holy God has to uh, 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 judge. And we want them to consider how, how caring he is. Boy, that, that, that song, hey, no one ever cared for me. Uh, 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 like Jesus, hey, thank God you got some good people in your life and uh, some gracious people, but nobody cares for you like Jesus. Hebrews 4.15 says, for we have not an high priest which cannot be be, be touched. <laughs> hey, listen, yeah, he, he, whatever, whatever touches you, whatever affects you. Now look, look at life. Look over uh, your life again since you've been saved and look at, again, some of the hardships uh, uh, that you've been through and other things. You've been, would you say that they, t they touched your life? They affected your life? Well, you know, they touched him too. They affected him. They affected your beloved Savior. Because it's here, touched with the, here it is. Again, the feelings of our infirmities. You know, uh, 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 you know the, 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 of course, when we're touched with something, there's great emotion uh, that comes into play uh, with that, whether, whether it's tears or, or, or whatever it might be. But he's not, he, he's not just touched with that situation, but emotionally, He's affected. Just like, remember, when he went to Lazarus' tomb, when he went to uh, uh, check on uh, Mary and Martha and Lazarus passed away, it says, it says Jesus wept. And then it says when he looked upon the multitudes, he was what? He was moved with uh, compassion. And so what a wonderful thing to be able to say, hey, listen, uh, listen, he's just not some God afar off. Hey, listen, uh, he's, a, he's a mighty God that cares. And you need to consider him. Boy, the, the fact that he considers us is amazing. You know, the psalmist said, when I consider the heavens, you know, the moons and the stars that thou hast made, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Hey, uh, when I consider the fact that he would just consider me, that's amazing to me. When I consider the fact that he uh, would consider me, that, 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 that amazes me. Again, I, I say, you know, a lot of times people say, oh, if he's a loving God, why is there a hell? Again, hell is easy to figure out. It's Calvary that's hard to figure out. But amen, uh, we, see why, we see why. I mean, just look at the world today and you can see why there, there would be a place of judgment. But the fact uh, that there's a Calvary, that is what's amazing. Because you see, the fact that Jesus, he's not only God, but also man, he understands we could say it this way. He understands our situations, right? He understands our situations because he is a man, but because he's also God, he can help and change our situations. Hey, as a man, a lot of times I can, I can have sympathy with somebody in their situation, but I'm limited on what I can do to help or change anybody's situation. Amen. But not only can God understand and have feeling and care about our situation, he has the power, amen, to move in and help and change 
our situation. And that's why uh, uh, as he invites us to come before him boldly, amen, we are glad to do that, to find that help in time of need. So considering him, considering his, his, uh, his, uh, his holiness, but considering his humility and the fact that he is God. Uh, Isaiah 51.3 says, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Verse 2, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. Look at this. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. That's just an amazing verse to me, you know, because, I mean, when we, when we think about our children, what do we like to do? Or especially our grandchildren, we like to brag on how cute they are. We like to brag on how good looking they are. Amen, uh, Sister Rita. I mean, she got a nice picture of uh, Cooper this week, right? We like to, you know, uh, 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 we like to brag on, you know, we like to brag on uh, how good looking our kids are, how nice they look in that little suit or that little dress or, or, or that little outfit. But then God, what does he say about his son? He's not bragging on how good uh, Jesus was. You know, every movie they make of Jesus, he's got to be the best looking guy in the movie. Amen. But the Bible says here, hey, there was no, there was nothing. When you saw Jesus, even when he walked the earth, there was nothing naturally that would draw you to him. You know, you know how we, we say there's some people just have something about them. I mean, the reality is, I don't know, I don't know how that works, but there's some people when they just walk into the room, they just get everybody's attention. You know, sometimes when a, a guy just walks, he just walks in with confidence. He just looks like a a, 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 a leader when he walks in and everybody's like, oh, who's he or, or who, who, who's, who's she? You know, there's just like, there's just something about him. But yet, I'm sure, uh, uh, but, but Jesus, it says, look, there was no uh, uh, beauty or comeliness. And that's why, hey, uh, uh, there was nothing about him physically. That's why Jesus said, hey, flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto me. Because there was nothing about him in that sense. And it took, it took faith. But yet when he came down here, amen, he came down in that humility. It says he was despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it wore our faces from him. Think about that. He was despised. And we esteem him not. Now, usually when that person comes in the room that gets all the attention, that's usually people who want to come up and rub elbows with. Right. Well, I, I've seen that. I've always tried to be the guy that, you know, uh, 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 you know, uh, 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 ran the other way and sort of stayed from those people. But you should just see it, boy. When somebody comes in that sort of commands the attention in the room, people want to try and get up there and say a few words with them or this or that. But they did just the opposite with Jesus. It says, look, they turned their face from him. They rejected him. What a sad thought that is. In John 10, 17, Jesus said this, Therefore doth my father love me, because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. Sir, man, would you consider the fact, the fact that he was God and a, a holy God and a perfect man, and uh, uh, he didn't have to die, but he willingly, he willingly, no man made him do it. Would you consider that thought for a moment, moment about that he loved you that much that he willingly laid down his life for you? He willingly paid the price, amen, for you. John 13, 12 says, again, showing his humility uh, uh, there when he washed the disciples' feet. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said to them, ye know what I have done to you. You call me master and Lord, you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. Humility, humility. 
And then uh, also uh, the word of God says uh, uh, here, you know, think about this. None of us are a holy God or a perfect human, but Jesus was both. And you see yet how he humbled himself as our example. Humility is perfect quietness of heart. It is to expect nothing, to wonder at nothing that is done to me, to feel nothing done against me. And that's how Jesus was. Amen. Hey, even, even on the cross when they were doing it, what did he say? He said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. What a, what a God of grace and humility. So consider his person. But also this, consider the price of Christ. You see, the price that he paid personally. He, let's think about this. He left everything and everyone in heaven, all those angels, amen, that were there to serve him. He left it all behind. He left his glory behind. So he left everything and everyone in heaven. And then he came to earth where everything and everyone left him. That's amazing. He left everything in heaven and came to earth to help man. And then when he came here, everything left him. Eventually, even his disciples, it says what? They all fled. And even those that said they wouldn't. Boy, you know, friends like that, huh? Right? We saw that in the message last week. Even those that said they wouldn't uh, did. But yet, that didn't, he, 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 he didn't caught up on what he had to leave, and he didn't get caught up on what left him. Amen? He stayed focused on his mission. John 1.11 says, He came into his own, and his own received him not. Matthew 8, 20 says, And Jesus saith unto them, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Matthew 26, 56, But all this was done that the scripture of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. John 7, 1, After these things Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in Jewry, because the Jews sought to kill him. So he came down here for every man, but every man fled against him. And it says, for neither did his brethren believe in him. I mean, it's one thing, amen, to be attacked from the outside, but when your own family uh, uh, turns against you. So here he was, he left everything and then he came here and everything left him. So he paid a great price personally, but he also paid a great price privately. Luke twenty two thirty nine 39 says, and he came out and went as he was wont to the Mount of Olives and his disciples also followed him. And then verse 44, and he being in agony, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Boy, we, 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 we can't even, you know, we talk about we can't uh, fathom the, that, that song. We can't fathom the depths of his love. We can't fathom the depths of the price that he paid. When we, all, when we talk about the price that Christ paid, what do we always talk? We always talk about the physical aspect. The physical aspect. Oh, man, they, they took that crown of thorns and put it on his head, and then they beat it down, and them thorns went down his head. And it, it's, it is important to be aware of that. Boy, then they, they nailed his hands, and they nailed his feet, and they stuck that spear in his side, and they beat his back. And, and no doubt, uh, the Bible says he was marred more than any other man. But again, uh, the, the, the verses that really get down to the price that Christ paid, if you really consider, if you really want to seriously consider the price that Christ paid uh, for you and for me, you have to get even beyond that, even beyond that. The fact here that, uh, that, that he was in such agony that his sweat is, as it were, great drops of blood. 
when he, when, he, when he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? When you, when, you, when you consider the fact that he was willing to be separated from his own heavenly father. But Isaiah 53, 11 is to me is the verse that really is really, really, it hits. It says, when he saw the travail of his, what? His soul. I mean, to me, that's just, that's, to me, that's something beyond comprehension. How does the, the, how does the soul of God, if you will, how does it travail? I mean, how does it, that just shows you the, 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 the weight of the sin of man. The weight, amen, of, the, of what he was willing to carry, and only a God could carry that weight. But consider the fact that he was willing to do that, and he was willing to do it, sir, ma'am, if you would have been the only one. Consider that. If you would have been the only one that would ever turn against God and been a sinner. Jesus, everything that Jesus Christ did, he did the same. Just as John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world, everything that that verse, amen, uh, 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 tries to, to share with us is the same for even in every individual. That's why it's fun to take that verse and amen, put people's name, amen, in those places in that verse and say, listen, that is how much God loves you. Would you consider that fact, how much he loves you? And consider the price that he paid personally. Consider the price that he paid privately. And then consider uh, uh, the, the price that he paid uh, publicly. I mean, it, it's, it's one thing to deal with something privately. It's another thing, amen, to have to deal with something and everybody see it. And, of course, he had to be dealt with publicly. We won't read all the verses, but, of course, we know he was tried publicly. He was ridiculed publicly. He was beaten publicly. And of course, he was hung on the cross publicly. Again, look at verse 2 of Hebrews 12. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Now, the joy wasn't the cross. <laughs> the joy wasn't the cross. But because there was a joy on the other side of the cross, he was willing to endure the cross. Right? Because here it says, despising the shame. Despising the shame. Think about that. A holy God, a holy God having to hang there, amen, openly before sinful man. A holy God having to hang there publicly before a uh, sinful man. As God, think about this, as God... Jesus has clothed people with everything from sheep's clothing to his own righteousness. But as he hung upon the cross, there was nothing to cover him. There was nothing to cover him. Think about that. Boy, when you're witnessing, say, listen, friend, consider not only the person of Christ, consider the price that Christ was willing to pay for you. Willingly, willingly. And then as you uh, think about those things, hey, let me share with you, friend, consider the possibilities with Christ, amen? <laughs> because he was willing to pay that price, you have possibilities with Christ, amen? That's why you have possibilities. Consider the possibilities inwardly, the inward cleansing. Isaiah 119, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Now, that's an amazing thing. They shall be white as... That's your sin. That your sin shall be white as snow. 
That's amazing. You know, uh, 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 if we can, if we, uh, uh, First John chapter one, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just forgives our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But that's a good verse that shows that our sin shall be white as snow, not us. Our sin. I don't, I don't understand how that works, amen? But, I'm, but I believe it. Our sins should be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. That's what he does for your sin. So we see the inward cleansing. We see the inward peace. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Oh, this world has all those people out there uh, 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 fighting against everything. You know, you say, well, they're fighting about this and they're fighting for that. No, what they're really fighting, amen, is, is, is what's going on in their heart. Amen. They're so troubled in their heart and they need a way to express it. Amen. So they find a cause, amen, uh, to get out there and fight about. But really, if they if they got that 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 peace in their heart, amen, everything else would come together. The only thing that's going to bring peace to this nation. I mean, the only the same the same thing that brings peace to a soul brings peace to a nation and brings peace to a world. Amen. And that is salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. And, the, and that's the only thing that can bring peace to a heart, peace to a nation and peace to the world. And until uh, the Prince of Peace uh, comes into your heart or comes in the world, there'll be no true peace. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them to love. We, listen, friend, you can't, if you consider Christ, amen, you can't even begin to imagine what he'll do for you, amen, what he'll do through you, amen, if you'll turn everything over to him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. And those things that he prepared for us. Hey, we always think about, oh, I go to, uh, I go to heaven to prepare a place for you. Hey, I believe this verse is talking about things now. Amen. When I'm in heaven, he won't have to reveal anything to me by his spirit. I'll be able to see that mansion. I'll be able to see the throne. I'll be able to see that river. I'll be able to see those trees. Amen. I'll be able to see my loved ones. I'll be able to see my brothers and sisters. The Holy Spirit won't have to reveal anything to me in heaven. It's good things down here that he has prepared for me. Man, I just look back over my life up to this point. I tell people, and I don't mean it any any boastful way, but I can honestly say I've already lived a life beyond anything I could have ever imagined. Amen. I don't know one person that I've met so far. I'm sure there might be somebody out there that I would have traded lives with. I would, when I got saved, I could have never imagined the things that God had prepared for me in his service just down here. Couldn't imagine it. And I'm very thankful for it. But God, amen. God did it all. God did it all. So consider the possibilities inwardly. Consider the possibilities outwardly. He said, call unto me and I will answer thee again and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. That goes right along with that other verse. Isaiah 45, 11, thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, his maker, ask of me things to come. Think about that. Ask of me things to come. He invites you to pray concerning my sons, concerning, look at this, concerning the work of my hands. Look what God says, command ye me. And that, that's a pretty, that's an amazing statement for God to make. He's the master. He's the one in charge. And he says, no, what? He says, command ye me. Hey, hey, amen. Hey, ask me to show you something that you could have never imagined. Ask me to show you something, amen, that I can only do in your life. You know, that's what God wants to do. God wants to show you things in your life, 
Amen. That, 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 hey, when you look at it, you just have to say, hey, that would have never happened if it wasn't for God. That, that would have never had that. I would have never had that opportunity in my life if it wasn't for God. That would have never happened in my life if God would have done it. That need would have never been met. Only God could have done that. Man, I can tell story after story of things, amen, that uh, uh, all I can do is stand there and brag on Jesus about. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to give you things in your life that you can brag on Jesus about. Consider that. John 14, 12. Verily, verily, I send you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works. Wow. That shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Boy, that's what God wants to do in you and through you as his child and as his church. Consider these things. Consider the possibilities inwardly, outwardly, and then, of course, eternally. John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them. They follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Boy, how, those verses, I mean, that verse is so easy to understand. How in the world anybody could ever doubt that there's eternal security? Boy, those verses that, you know, uh, uh, would you believe a, 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 a preacher friend of mine called me today, a young preacher, I'll say that, a young preacher, and somehow he got listening to somebody using those verses that look like, you know, over in Hebrews, that look like you could lose your security, and he called me up the other day all confused. I've known, I've known him, you know, since he was a kid, and I said, I said brother, I, I wish I could have reached to the phone and just slapped him a little bit. Why are you getting caught up on those, those uh, if you don't know what those verses do mean, then focus on what they don't mean. <laughs> I don't know what these verses mean. Well, I'll tell you what, we know what they don't mean. We, they know, we know they, mean you can't, they don't mean you can lose your salvation because there's too many easy verses, clear verses like this one to show that you can't lose your salvation. So, hey, you can figure out what it does mean later, but right now, rejoice in what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean you can lose your salvation, amen? So when, you're, when, when, you, when a verse looks confusing to you and you don't know what it means, right, then focus on maybe you're sure what it doesn't mean, amen? Something that's going to mess up your relationship with God. John 14, 1, again, let not your heart be troubled. Boy, whatever's going on in your life today, can I say, friend, don't let your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Amen. I go to prepare a place for you. You. Boy, write down, is your name in your Bible? I hope your name is in your Bible. Right? When you see that verse like that, circle it and write your name next to it. I've told you before, amen? I say, I'll tell them, my name's in the Bible. They say, well, I've never seen your name there. I said, it was in my Bible, not yours, amen? <laughs> it's in my Bible. Because when I see those verses, I circle and I said, that verse is talking to Jeff Stewart, or that verse is talking to uh, the Stewart family, or that verse is talking, what, amen? And, and, and take those verses personally. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may may be also. Ephesians 2, 5, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ and hath raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places. Man, you don't, you don't even realize, not only do you, do you not realize what you have in Christ, you don't even realize where you're seated today. Oh no, I'm right here. Oh no, no, get in that spiritual mind, amen. Get in that spirit. If you're seated up there, then you're seated high above all your problems. You're seated high above all your situation, circumstances. You're seated high above all that's going in the world. Why? That in the eight, think about this. What are we going to do in heaven? That's all we're going to do is stand in front of the throne and praise God. Hey, we're going to do that for a while. I don't know how long, but hey, when you got eternal life, what, what's the rush? 
What's the rush? Amen? Huh? And, and uh, you'll be going like this. It's uh, 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 funny. You know, I had, I had that smartphone and my smartphone broke. But when I had that, right, it, it, every time I get a text or a, 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 a news alert or something, and you know what? I'm going through that. I'm always going like this, like this, like this. And, and, and so it broke. So uh, my, my kids asked me, Dad, what do you want for Father's Day? Do you want another smartwatch? And I said, you know what? I don't think I want another smartwatch. I said, you know why? I said, because when it, when it, when it you know, buzzes, on, vibrates on your phone, I mean, your natural instinct is you're going to look. And I said, I've gotten so much trouble with that smartphone. I said, man, I, I get a lot of stupid situations because of that smartphone. Because I'll be talking to somebody and I'm trying to pay attention to them, right? And then my phone, my watch, and I automatically go like this. And so they think I'm looking at my watch like I'm in a hurry, like I don't have much time to talk to them. And they're like, well, you know, and people think, man, here I am. I'm trying to tell him something serious. I'm like, he just keeps looking at his watch like, when's she going to be done? When he's going to be done? When are they going to be done? I said, no, it's just a natural instinct. Now, if I sit there and I start answering, hey, I'll be back because I got somebody in my office bothering me. I'll get back to it. Now, if I start doing that, then you'll know, right? But as long as I don't start answering the emails and texts while you're there, right, then I'm just going like that and looking back. But I said, hey, uh, we're not going to have to worry about that in heaven, right? No smartphone, all that stuff. We don't need it, right? There'll be no reason to look at the watch in heaven, right? But listen, but, but listen, to, but listen to verse 7. This, this gives you a little glimpse of what you're going to be doing in heaven. That in the ages to come. Now, notice it didn't say in the age to come, but in the ages, right? In the ages to come, he might show what? Look at this. The exceeding riches of his grace. See, we get all excited. You talk, they were singing about amazing grace. We get, I mean, we're still getting over the fact that we're saved by grace. But listen, grace is not only going to carry us through this life. There's so much in grace that it's going to take eternity to find out all that we have in Christ and all that Christ is by grace. Look at this, the exceeding riches of his grace. Look at this, that he might show. Let me give you that verse, Ephesians 2, 7. Well, if you don't have that verse highlighted, if you, if you get discouraged down here, just, uh, just go back and look at Ephesians 2, 7. Let's just uh, take a moment to look at that. That in the ages to come, this will let you know part of what you're going to be doing in heaven. You see, well, why didn't he, you know, what are we going to do in heaven? Listen, remember the Bible wasn't given to show you everything you're going to be doing in heaven. The Bible is given to show you what you need on earth and then to give you things to help you through this life on earth, right? <laughs> you won't need to know what's going to happen, the things about heaven until you get to heaven. So don't get sidetracked about what are we going to be doing in heaven. You'll find out when you, when you, uh, when, when you get there. Like you, if you're ever in the military, you know, well, what am I going to be doing at my next post? Don't worry, soldier. They'll tell you when you get there. Don't try to figure it out. They'll tell you when you get there. Okay, so when we get to our next post, don't worry about it. They'll tell us what we're going to do when we arrive, right? We'll be at that, uh, that station. They'll tell us what we do. We just need to focus on what we're supposed to be doing in this station right here. But again, Ephesians 2, 7, that in the ages to come, he might show, right? Continually reveal the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us. How? Through Christ Jesus. Now, we know what we have in Christ. The Bible gives us a glimpse of what we have in Christ Jesus. We know we have salvation in Christ, and the Bible shares some other things that we have in Christ. And boy, that's what, that's what we're going to be doing in heaven. We're going to be seeing more of what we have through Christ. Look, this is something else you got through Christ. 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 Amen. All amen because of what he did for you. All by his grace, he's going to be revealing that. Man, consider that 
that for a moment. Amen. You get down and discouraged, consider him. And then consider what he's done for you. And then consider what you have through him. Not only to get you through this life. Listen, everything that you have in Christ and through Christ, it's enough to get you through this life. It's enough to get you through eternity. And if it's enough to get you through eternity, again, it'll get you through this life. Consider that, amen, when life is beating you up. So we think, as we finish up here, it says again, consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners. Think about, again, thinking about that price that he paid for you. Listen, how could anybody, if they seriously consider Christ, how could they, and who he is, if they seriously consider who he is, if they can seriously consider what he's done for them, and they can seriously consider, amen, after they receive him, what he'll do through them and what he has for them, all freely, it's all a gift, it's all of grace, how in the world, if they seriously, amen, honestly consider accurately who Jesus Christ is, amen, and, 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 and honestly who Jesus Christ is, how in the world would they consider anyone else or anything else? And even you as a believer, when you, if, you, if you keep your eyes on Jesus and you continually consider again and again as that, thought, as that thought gives, amen, as you go through life, how in the world could you consider turning from him? How in the world could you consider it, uh, 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 not just selling out the It amazes me. You saved? Yeah. When's the last time you went to church? Well, you know, I don't, I don't get that. I really don't get somebody that says they're saved right, and truly understands that, that they would have no desire to be sold out to God. Hey, I know we go through our ups and downs, right, but the fact is we keep moving. You know, we might, we, we, you know, as, as a believer, I understand ups and downs. What I don't stand, understand is in and outs, <laughs> right? I don't understand in and outs, if you will. Amen. People getting out there and, and getting back into the world. I understand a few ups and downs in life because we are, we are human, but I don't understand in and outs, if you will. So my friend, let me ask you this. If you're here listening, you need to be saved. Have you seriously considered Christ accurately? Have you examined him with care? You know, again, I can honestly say after study and examination of Christ, amen, uh, 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 just like uh, when he was judged, I find no fault in him. If you are of an honest heart, if somebody is truly of an honest heart, and that's a good thing to find out. You know, uh, uh, I'm glad to talk to somebody as long as they'll talk when I'm witnessing to somebody, but I want to find out if they're sincere. A lot of times I'll ask people, I say, sir, just like, let me ask because they'll start, you know, bringing up all the stuff. So I'll say, let me ask you a question. Do you really want to know the truth? Don't be afraid to ask somebody that. Hey, I want to give somebody the truth, but I don't want to waste my time with them either if they're just going to joke around and, and be insincere. You know, I'll say, sir, do you really want to know the truth? Because if you really want to know the truth, God has done too much for you through Jesus Christ for you, him not to reveal it to you. Amen. He wants to reveal it to you. Amen. But the Bible says, you know, don't throw your pearls before swine. Hey, uh, but if you honestly want to know the truth, sir, God, will, I believe with all my heart, God will reveal it to you. So that's the question first. Do you really want to know the truth? Are you willing to take the time to seriously consider who Jesus Christ is? Are you really uh, willing to take the time to consider how much he loves you and to consider 
the price that he's paid for you and to consider the relationship that you will have, you can have with him if you'll put your trust in him. Because, sir, I believe that if you really want to know the truth and you'll sincerely and accurately and distinctly consider who Jesus Christ is and all that he's done for you and all that he has, amen, wants to accomplish you, I really don't believe that you would consider anyone or anything else. You would realize and honestly say, well, that's him and this and, 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 and want to turn your life over to him and know just like the uh, Philippian jailer, what must I do to be saved or what must I do to have that active personal relationship with him? There is no fault in the person of Christ. There's no fault in the price that Christ paid. And there's no fault in the possibilities that you can have with Christ. So if you are lost, won't you come forward and confess your sin, amen, and get saved. But if you're saved, won't you come forward and tell the Lord, amen, Lord, I, find, I still find no fault for you. And Lord, uh, I, I got to be honest, I haven't been considering you. I haven't been keeping my eyes on you. I started off by asking, where are your eyes today? Uh, where's your heart? Where's your mind? Amen. And if it's not where it should be, ask the Lord to help you uh, uh, get refocused and realigned today. So I'm so glad, amen, I have a Savior, amen. And uh, I ask people to consider him. And that's what we do. We go out and witness to say, sir, ma'am. Would you please like to take a few moments and consider the truth of who Jesus Christ is, what he's done for you, and the possibilities that you can have with him, amen, if you'll put your trust in him. Let's pray.